Liz Voitko. Shana, welcome to Inside Reproductive Health. Thank you. Happy to be here. You're not really a guest on the show. You're a co-contributor. And for those of you that don't know, Shana is the senior digital strategist at Fertility Bridge. She's behind a lot of the strategies that actually help increase the audience of Inside Reproductive Health. So this is very meta having you on the show today. Uh, and we have a point of view as a firm that's useful to many of you that have been ripped off as, as fertility doctors that have been ripped off or just a not super wise marketing decision. And that has to do with having your website dev and your marketing totally bundled together. And I want to talk about that because if you've redesigned your site in the last decade or so, you might be getting hosed. If there's also an established category of marketing companies that, you know, uh, I won't name any names, even though I really want to, I'm, I'm being hard on ideas, soft on people, Shana, but there's a established category of marketing companies that takes advantage of physicians. And some of them have high concentrations of fertility doctors. What is the problem, Shana? Sure. So I would say that what happens is you get a, you know, a marketing company slash development company, like we're not going to name that marks up their costs, um, includes things in their packages that might not help you strategically meet your goals, but just happen to be part of a bundle. Um, and so it's really about making sure that you are getting the biggest bang for your buck, um, but also working with people who have strong skills in both the development space and the marketing space. I'm a digital marketer um, by nature. I can define the strategy. I can tell you what goals your website needs to accomplish um, and can help from that perspective, but I'm not a backend developer. Um, so I'm the last person you'd want to hire and say, build me a website from the ground up. Um, I have some development skills, but that's not my main skill set. Um, so we work with a lot of experts in that space who can execute on the strategy that we ask them to. The flip side of that is also true. There's a lot of developers that have no business doing uh, e digital marketing and then design branding, et cetera. It's just far more varied than people realize. So we're trying to unbundle this for you. So what is the prime? So a lot of it is because website maintenance is so important. What's the primary reason that it's so important? So the big reason is security. Um, and the reason for that, and at least in our experience, the majority of our clients use WordPress as their CMS. Um, it is one of the most commonly used content management systems across the web. So it just makes it an easy target for hacking. Um, so when you have outdated WordPress versions, if your themes, so what it looks like, or the plugins, which are an easy way to make it function, um, tend to be common culprits of infections. So if those are not consistently maintained, if the if they become outdated, um, you're basically opening yourself up to saying, come on in and hack my site. So I'm not talking about small firms with good hearts that are just trying to, they just struggle to keep the scope from drifting. So they, they tend to do, but oh yeah, we'll do your marketing for you too. And, or we'll, you know, we'll try to build this site for you too. They're just, they're just trying to not be so rigid that they, that they fail the client. All client services firms face that. I'm talking about these large medical marketing agencies whose business model is underserving doctors because security and maintenance are so important that they scale these overpriced packages and they include a bunch of arbitrary blog, social media posts, or ambiguous ongoing SEO that isn't really defined. And I'm encouraging you, the listener, to make investments 
pay expenses and know which is which. Be astute with your investments, minimize your expenses, because a $10,000 expense that generates nothing is more expensive than a $2 million investment that generates $5 million. I'm not telling you not to spend money in marketing. There's lots of places where you can really return your investment, telling you to keep your expenses down. So the best way to help your fertility company's website and keep it protected from from overpaying from keep it protected from hackers and keep yourself protected from overpaying is to have a website maintenance package that is separate from hosting and separate from your marketing investment. There's six tips that can help you. Shana, what's your first tip? Your marketing agency can hire a developer, but don't hire a development agency to do your marketing. So we work with a group of preferred developers on our team um, who we've partnered with on a lot of successful fertility websites. Uh, we work that with them in a project-based capacity. So that's everything from the development to the project management to the strategy. Um, and then we turn that relationship over to the client and step out of any maintenance or continued improvement after the fact. That way your marketing is kept totally separate from your your website in terms of like the creative and, and other things that you want to invest in and that you're keeping your expenses low. And I think a lot of that came from back in the day when digital agencies and website development agencies were kind of one in the same in the early days of the internet. Like people started building websites in the mid nineties and then uh, late nineties, early two thousands started messing around with SEO and paid search, what we now call paid search. And, and so keep those things that you can, your marketing agency can hire a developer, but don't hire a, a development agency to do marketing. Okay. So the next thing that you have to do is quote your maintenance separate from build. How do you do that? Like I said before, we work with our development on a project base. So that really includes the building of the website, not um, the care afterwards. And so a big part of the reason that we structure it that way is so that our clients have the opportunity to build a relationship with the development resource that we and they've hired um, to build their website. And so this allows them, you know, to get a great pricing from the development because they're working directly with them. Um, but also because we don't need to be in the middle of that. Um, we're happy to, you know, provide strategic insight where needed when it comes to website improvements or how that might impact marketing. But in terms of maintaining a website, that doesn't really need, need our input on a daily basis. So you recommend it as number three, having a budget for both website hosting and website maintenance. Why one for each? Sure. So uh, you have to have both. Um, to have an effective website. Web hosting basically just means this is how your website lives on the internet. Um, and so most of the time the developers will have recommendations on who the best web host is to help you achieve your goals. Um, but those will always be two different costs because website hosting, while it might include some sort of, you know, runtime or backups in it for security reasons, website hosting is not is not usually inclusive of the website maintenance that you would need for upkeep for your site. A couple months ago, I did an episode with Steve Rooks that had to do with EngagedMD. And I got so many emails from people saying, oh, we use EngagedMD. We love EngagedMD and might end up having those people on the show too. But if you're a practice that doesn't use EngagedMD, you're now in the minority of practices. And why do people keep saying this to me? Why did EngagedMD become Inside Reproductive Health's first sponsor after three plus years of being a podcast 
in this field? Why did I hold out for Engaged MD to be the first sponsor? Because they're the only ones that I've only heard good things about. And I swear somebody must have bad things to say about them. And I keep saying, email me if you do. I haven't gotten that yet. All I hear from people is how it's reduced the workload for their nurses, how their patients are better informed, how the rapport between the nurses and the staff and the providers is better with the patients because they've been educated. And then that time gets to be tailor fit, customized for that individual patient, how they have true informed consent and not just signing a stack of papers, but they understand what's being given to them and it's accounted for and office staff doesn't have to track all that down. This is why I keep hearing overwhelmingly positive things about Engaged MD. So if you want to join the ranks of these very happy people, you can go to engagedmd.com slash IRH. You don't have to, you can keep adding more work for your staff. If you want, you can keep having more exposed risk and less informed consent if you want. But if you want what is described to me as somebody who's a third party as the biggest upside for your practice, I recommend going to engagedmd.com slash IRH. If you want to stick it to me, you don't have to tell them that I sent you, but it does help the show. And it does also get you a 25% off your implementation fee, engagedmd.com slash IRH. So the fourth tip is keep the hosting cost the smallest. That can be it can be real small depending on the size of your site. It could be twenty five to seventy five dollars a month with a contract from someone like WP Engine or DreamHost. Uh, we recommend that you get that advice from your developer for for the host or that marketing agency that is contracting with the developer to build your site. But you can keep that cost, that hosting cost, real low. Shouldn't be bundled in to drive up uh, you know, marketing costs. So fifth tip here is use a checklist to select a good maintenance plan. What's on your checklist, Shana? Sure. So um, on that checklist, we have WordPress core updates. And I had mentioned that at the beginning. Um, if the actual instance of WordPress is not kept up to date, that is a great way for hackers to get in. Um, while I know hacking sounds really scary in terms in in sense of term, but like these tend to be benign hacks. But I think the important thing to note that is even if your site has a benign code injection into it because your WordPress instance wasn't updated, if you're not updating your WordPress, you're probably also not working with anyone who's backing your website up and doing any of these other things. And so if your website gets hacked and you have to restore an older version, if you don't have one that's recent, let's say the last time your website was backed up when it was built five years ago, then you lose everything that you've had in the last five years. What should somebody be expecting to pay annually for updates like that? So basic updates, I would say, I would anticipate you could spend as small as $500 a year. Um, and that could really go up to 5,000 or more, uh, depending on how robust the updates are, the size of your site, customizations, things like that as well. Um, so there is a pretty large range, um, but for very basic, keeping your site up to date, making sure it's backed up, um, I would expect to spend somewhere around $500 a year. Finally, my tip that I, I had to add, or you may have said it too, but is having someone on your team 
that can update content. I think that's huge because minor content updates are a tension point between fertility companies and their agencies that really shouldn't be. It drives the client nuts. When prospects come to us, they often say, oh, we don't like our current agency because they don't do these changes. And I know what it's like on the other side. I know what the agencies think is like, yeah, I'm like, it's out of scope or, or just we're getting nattered with uh, requests and there's a way to avoid that altogether. And I'm talking about the minor updates, like adding office hours for your satellite locations, removing a staff member from your about us page, all that content that still says PG, PGD and you have to change it to PGTM or, you know, the, that slider that's still on probably a quarter, 20% of your homepage is about a Zika pregnancy warning that like those requests aren't a good use of a developer's time. And it's, they're not a good use of your team's time to send somebody on your team should have access to the CMS in order to be able to make those content changes as quickly as you could send a request to do so. And then you can eliminate the back and forth, but you have an important uh, caveat with that Shana about uh, you know, I'm, I'm saying you don't need an employee to create major pieces of content either. You, you can have an agency do that. I'm talking about minor content updates and that they should have somebody that can do that, but whether they're a huge fertility company or they're a, a little REI practice, but you have a caveat about that not being the same as the skills to properly maintain a site. Absolutely. Uh, so I wanted to touch on the minor updates um, quickly. I think the best piece of advice that I could provide here would be be upfront with your developer at the beginning of the project so that they understand that you want to be able to update simple things. Um, that way, training on how to use the website um, is part of the project or at least negotiated upfront. Um, I think it's important to note that, you know, while the majority of our clients use WordPress, the back end of everybody's website looks completely different. Um, so even if you went from one version of website to, website in WordPress to another, doesn't necessarily mean that the way you updated things before is going to be the way you would update things again. Um, so just being mindful of that. Um, and the other part of that is understanding that making you know small content changes on pages is very different than having the skills to be able to maintain the back end of a website. Um, while it might look like you can just go in and click a button and click update, um, there's a lot of different things that can break and that can happen in the updating process that um, someone who just has kind of content update skills would not necessarily have, have the development skills to be able to fix that if something were to go wrong. That's, this is our advice for you. Don't be getting ripped off. Invest for return. Keep fees separate. Some of you have to invest a lot in marketing, but it should be the return of future value. Don't buy services you don't need because they're bundled in with something that you don't need. Keep website maintenance separate from build, hosting, marketing, train someone in your organization to make those minor updates and follow these six tips instead. All of this is connected to whatever leads to the outcome that you want through the four phases of the patient journey. And each point of those four different phases is something that might be what you need the most as opposed to something else. So 
before you go looking for the prescription, and it might be, it might have to do with your website, it might have to do with paid media, it might have to do with video. But before you go looking for the prescription, we can help you if you'd like for with our goal in competitive diagnostic. It's just $597 for clinics. You get a little bit of access to the rest of my team, which includes Shana, and uh, we'd be able to help you. But it, otherwise, enjoy these six tips, use them, don't get pulled over the coals and Shana will be happy to have you back on for some more shows in the future. Awesome. Thanks so much. You've been listening to the inside reproductive health podcast with Griffin Jones. If you're ready to take action to make sure that your practice thrives beyond the revolutionary changes that are happening in our field and in society, visit fertilitybridge.com to begin the first piece of the fertility marketing system, the goal and competitive diagnostic. Thank you for listening to inside reproductive health.